a little piece from, from Acts chapter 2 for us this morning as well. Um, so maybe you're, you've been here at Harvest for a long time, and so when we talk about summer camps, you, you know what that's all about because you've seen Youth Sunday um, happen a couple times. But if you're newer or maybe a year has gone by and you've just forgotten uh, what we do, that's totally fine. I can't remember yesterday very well. Um, we, we have two camps that we do in the summer. One's called ETV, Experience the Valley. That's for incoming freshmen through outgoing seniors. Um, and we get together in Thai Valley, Oregon for like seven whole days. It's a long time. And we go whitewater rafting and we go to the lake. We have a service project day where we go out into the community and just meet the needs of the community there and hope to be a blessing to that community. We, we uh, took a day in Dufer and did like a survivor kind of thing where students were split up into tribes and had all these uh, contests that they had to compete in and got to hang out in the pool. And we had a day at camp all together. And every night we come together for a session for worship. Um, um, and times to just dive into our discussion groups and just process who God is, what he's doing. And the, and the theme for the week was um, finding everyday joy with Jesus. And the speaker worked us through Philippians and just found spots in Philippians that we'd camp in of, of different circumstances and situations where, uh, where either there's joy to be had in Jesus or there's things of this world that want to rob us of joy that we can have in Jesus, whether it's circumstances or expectations or, or how we look at other people, but how Jesus in every circumstance wants to bring us true joy, not just happiness, but true joy because we have hope that he's an eternal king, that he's an eternal God and an eternal savior. Then our other camp is ETM, which is just two years in a row now that we've had this camp. Experience the mountain, mountains and valleys, crazy. It's like they should write a song about that or it should be in the Bible. Um, and uh, it was our first time at this campground, uh, second time we've been at this camp. And this camp is both for middle schoolers, but also for fourth and fifth graders too. Uh, there's a junior camp that goes alongside two camps at the same facility running side by side one another. Um, and during that week, a lot of it, it, we don't go out from camp like at ETV. We, we get to do a lot of activities together. Um, uh, the leaders get to play more tetherball or be in the pool and get dunked or hit with pool noodles more than they ever wanted to in their entire life, but it's great. Um, and at, at that camp, too, we have church time every morning, so we have a time as a church just to get, get together and just be us and talk about what God's doing or to play together and just enjoy one another. And we, the theme for that camp was Collide, and it was looking at the collisions that happen in the book of Acts. So the, the teacher uh, kind of talked through the, the first big collision of God's Spirit dwelling with his people. This thing that, that people only dreamed of, God's Spirit to this point had, had come upon a person for a time, but was really known to be in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. And now God was showing that it was going to be in his people that his Spirit would dwell. And so we worked through acts of the, the collision of persecution to the, the collision of, of having um, a, a fake faith that's put out, um, but not actually living that out and God knowing that. Um, and it was just a beautiful thing to watch junior campers um, and middle schoolers alike come together and just see how, how is God like inviting me into this collision or what collisions are taking place in my life. And there were some physical collisions in the games, too. That's what I got to lead. Those were intense. Just ask Andrew Rutherford about that um, with the cast. <laughs> um, but this morning, I wanted us to look in Acts 
chapter 2, verse 42. So if, if you have a Bible, it won't be up on the screen. Um, you can even grab someone next to you. It's crazy. We are the church. We can share our Bibles with one another. You can look over our shoulder. But Acts chapter 2, it's in the New Testament after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then uh, it will be Acts right there. And we'll dive into verse 42. And I'll read 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let me pray, and then we'll just unpack this a little bit. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you call us to be your church together, collectively, all peoples, all, all nationalities, all cultures, all backgrounds coming together as one body devoted to you and devoted to one another. Help us to see that and then also be encouraged by how that's taking place in our students' lives and would it take place in our midst as well. In your name, amen. So this portion of Acts that we're diving into, if you've never read it before, great book. You should read it. Um, but where, where we're launching into right now is Jesus has died um, has been laid in the tomb, risen again, and then walked on earth with his disciples in his resurrected body for 40 days, and now he's ascended back up to heaven to be with the Father. And he's gone physically, but he's not gone from the earth, because he talked about how after he would go away physically, another would come, the Holy Spirit would come, that collision that we're talking about, and the Holy Spirit would dwell in God's people. And so here, this has already taken place at an event called Pentecost. The Spirit has come and filled the believers, and automatically they go out and start telling people about Jesus, and even in languages that they did not know. And this is our first look, though, at them kind of getting to gather together after that and what took place as the church when they gathered together. One of the things about both ETV and ETM is it's eight different churches that come together to put these camps on. So that's um, eight different backgrounds. Um, we're not, unfortunately, we're not super diverse because we're in Camas, Washougal, Vancouver, Portland. But there's some diversity, right, that takes, takes place in our groups. The youth pastors get together starting in like January to start planning and praying through how do we want to best set up an opportunity, a place for students to respond to the gospel. That's our hope. Like every camp, every year, day one, our first meeting, we say we want to set up an environment where students have the best opportunity with the least amount of distractions to respond to the good news about Jesus. To say, to see that Jesus is actually inviting them into relationship with him and to experience his life now, his life to the full. And as I see this section in Acts, 
and, and seeing an environment where people can respond to the gospel, I don't think there's a better environment than what God established in his church early on right here. The first thing it talks about is they're devoted. Look at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves to the teaching, not just like any old teaching, but the teaching from Jesus, the teaching from his words. They devoted themselves. They're like, we are all in with that. The guys that hung out with Jesus, we want to hear from you what he told you to do so that we can live accordingly to that as well. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. So that's both meals with one another, but also remembering Jesus through the Lord's Supper, which we do here on Sundays every week in communion. Christ's body broken for us, his blood shed for us. They would take time when they got together to remember Jesus and to remember that they weren't the same anymore because they were now receiving Jesus's resurrected life. It's a really beautiful thing to see students start to devote themselves to these things for the first time. It's such a beautiful thing to see them pray for the very first time, or even to be a part of prayer, to have, to have a prayer request, to, to partake. Uh, a couple Wednesdays before camp, we had communion available at youth group. We don't normally do that because we have students that are all over the map, and, and we don't want it to be a pressure thing. Um, but, but we took communion, and just to see, like, the boldness of some of our students to get up and say, I'm participating, I'm remembering Jesus through this meal that we're taking together, to also gather around meal tables, both breakfast, lunch, and dinner. While it's one of the more chaotic times, it also can be one of the most beautiful times of getting to look across the person in the eyes and say, I get to share this. We get to have this together. And God established in his church early on that they would be devoted to him in all that they did and that they would be devoted to each other. It's almost like what Jesus said, that they would love the Lord their God with all their heart and that they would love their neighbor as their self. That this is what God wants to see his people doing always. And it's a beautiful thing to see students start to participate in it. Look at verse 45. 45 says this, Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. There's a lot of things that go into making camp happen. There's a lot of things that go into being a community, to being God's body, his church. And what these people did is they were like, my needs aren't as important as someone else. I will sell what I have so that someone else can be in need, so that someone else who needs help and is in a time of need can receive it. Now, I didn't sell any of my possessions to get ready for camp. I don't think any of the leaders did here, but there was plenty of people that sacrificed, that gave up time, that gave up paid vacation, that gave up time with their family, that gave up sleep, because normally they don't stay up till midnight and then get up at six the next day, that gave up a lot of things in sacrifice. And so I just want to take a second. If you're a youth leader in this room, whether you've been for a while or you just started, could you stand up really fast? I, I see all of you. I know where most of you live, too. If you could stand up, could we just, like, appreciate these people that are in this room? Because these people, not only do they, and they hated that, because they're people that like to sacrifice and not be in the limelight. They're people that, that don't just sacrifice for camp, but sacrifice on a weekly basis so that students might have the best opportunity 
to respond to the good news of the gospel. And Jesus' followers were bought into this. We're just bought into, yes, we'll sacrifice. Yes, we'll give up to make the best opportunity, the best environment for people to say yes to Jesus and to follow him. We'll care for one another in these ways. Our group is not just a group full of church kids. Um, There's several kids that have grown up in the church, and that is awesome, and it is so good to have kids that that have been discipled by their parents and come up through Sunday school and, and are in youth group now. And then we have plenty of students that they were invited by a friend, or to be honest, some of them just show up here, and we're like, where did you come from? And they're like, I don't know, but I'm here. Um, and they get to be a part of our group, and they get to hear about Jesus for the very first time. Some of them, it's the first time they've ever stepped into a church building before. And when you bring people from different backgrounds and different beliefs and where they're at and bring them together, it takes work to be devoted to these things together, to help teach and raise up these, these younger students um, or even older students to, that, but are younger in their faith to know what it means to follow Jesus. At Pentecost, there was people from all nations that had gathered that when one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, when he preaches by the Holy Spirit, these people start responding to Jesus, where 3,000 people from all these different nations start responding to him and become this church, become what we see here taking place. All these different backgrounds, all these different spots and places with what they knew about Jesus, what they believed about Jesus, but all of them came together as a body. And we're like, we want to be devoted to God, and we want to be devoted to each other. And that's what this should be, too. Not just camps, not just Wednesdays, but whenever we gather together, no matter where we're coming from, are we devoted to getting to know the Lord, who he's revealed himself to be by his word and by his spirit? And are we devoted to his body, his physical presence that is here now, but through his believers? Are we devoted to to joining those things together? It doesn't stay this way, like as cookie cutter as this may sound in Acts, this church. It doesn't just stay as, as good as it gets. Actually, Acts has a lot of really good things without a lot of pushback until like chapter three, and then things get pretty hard pretty fast, and persecution starts coming and actually breaks up this meeting of people that, that the believers get scattered to all these other regions and all these other nations because there's people who are just straight up against what they believe and want to squash it. They want to end it. But even then, God still uses that for the good news to go out, for people of other tribes and other nations to hear about Jesus. Camp always comes to an end, and not because of persecution, at least not yet. Um, It's not like some camp director is like, we're done with this thing. Go. But camp needs to come to an end for our sanity. Um, But a lot of the time, going back home, we, we long for camp still. There's this, this feeling like, gosh, God was so much more real or so much better or, or I could just walk with him easier at camp. But God showed here, even with his church, he didn't just have things stay safe and easy the whole time. He actually allowed persecution, hardship to come in to scatter his people so that they could still follow him, even in new homes, new communities, with new people so that more might hear about Jesus. It's a good thing that our students come back home. It's a good thing that we don't just hang out in this church building 24-7. 
that we go back out to our jobs, to our families, to our friends, to the store, walk the streets with people who need to hear the good news, people that need to see someone who's devoted to Jesus and devoted to others, devoted to them learning about who he is and responding to him. There's even a story in the Gospels where um, there's a man uh, who, who's demon-possessed. He's afflicted by an evil spirit. And then he encounters Jesus and his 12 disciples. And Jesus, because he is God, he banishes the evil. He casts out this demon from this man. And this man is brought back to his right state of mind. And this man is with Jesus then, and he's like, hey, I want to follow you and be one of your disciples. But Jesus does something kind of weird that we don't see often here. Jesus says, no, I want you to go home and tell them the goodness that God has shared with you. Share with them what God has done in your life. Jesus is showing for him that following him didn't just look like following him, walking behind him physically in something that now he'd experienced life in and was like, I just want more of this. He's like, Jesus said, yes, you will have more of this by going to your hometown and sharing this with other people that need to be encouraged and hear who God is and how he saved you. And that's what we get to do as students share this morning. There's going to be students that share what God has done, how they've seen him show up, where they're at with him, where they were at with him. And, and there's three hopes that I have for us to take away um, from students sharing, students and staff. One, that we would be encouraged to hear that God is forming our students into a community that's devoted to him and devoted to one another. Two, that there would be things that students share that God would use in our hearts and cause us to draw close to him, to respond to this good news. They may be 20, 30, 40 years younger than you, but he's the same God to them as he is to us. And it's the same truth and the same gospel that we all need to respond to. And sometimes we need childlike faith displayed in front of us from students from children so that we could remember to trust in Jesus in those same ways. And third, I hope that this would cause us to long to be a part of a, a group or a community that's devoted to Jesus and to one another. And we can do that here collectively in a big group Sundays. It's really cool too when, when a couple people get together and just choose to be a more intimate community. Harvest Life that Greg shared is a great way to spend nine weeks with a group of people where you can learn more of what it means to be devoted to God and devoted to one another as a church, and you could even keep meeting together after those nine weeks. Or maybe you've gone through that and you're looking for a group just period. Talk to Greg. Just Greg. No, talk to any of the staff, and we would love for more groups, more communities to start up in this place that, that are, are just devoted to being together, devoted to the teaching, devoted to Scripture, and devoted to the Lord. Let me pray, and then Charlie's going to come up, and uh, we're going to start our student sharing. Lord, in this time, would we be encouraged, Lord, in who you are and who you have always been? God, we want you to soften our hearts so that we can respond to you, so that we can respond to the good news, Lord. Would you use these students 
for us just to hear, God, who you are and how you're, work, how you're working and how you continue to work, and would you work in us, Lord, in your name. Amen. Charlie, why don't we give Charlie a hand? So, Charlie, you're going to be a seventh grader, right? Yes. And this was your first time at ETM, at Experience the Mountain. So I have a couple questions for Charlie. Um, and so Charlie's just going to give um, some of her responses. So, Charlie, since it was your first time, what surprised you most about ETM? Um, probably how much we learned about God and how you should have, like, a healthy fear about God instead of, like, having no fear where you just disobey and do whatever you want to. And you shouldn't be, like, scared of God and, like, not trust him. That's awesome. Yeah, that, w that was one of the last nights, right, where, where we talked about that collision of, like, not, not having fear, but having an appropriate right fear. And that seemed to really stick out for a lot of students. That's awesome. What about this? Um, this is what I think everybody in the church wants to know. What's it like to have Julie and Shelby as your leaders? And then <laughs> what do you appreciate about having them as your leaders? It's pretty awesome having Jillian Shelby as my leaders because they, like, get us snacks and stuff. But um, <laughs> they also, um, we have this thing called a talking squishy that we use in discussion groups. We'll, we'll try to get one for Sundays, too. <laughs> and it just makes it really fun um, sharing about God with the squishy because everyone likes to squish it. And Who doesn't like the squishy? <laughs> and I appreciate that they just sacrifice their time and money for us. Yeah, they are pretty awesome leaders. They've been with uh, the same, they were sixth grade girls last year and gone the whole year um, with you guys now. And so it just seems like you guys are getting into this sweet time as a group and got to really enjoy that together as a camp. Super cool. Um, what was something new you learned about God this year? Um, probably that you don't have to earn his love or... Yeah, that's huge, because it's hard to try to feel like you have to be perfect with God, right? When it feels like, Lord, how am I supposed to do this? But instead, like that God, he, he loves us right where we're at and keeps inviting us to trust that more. And then last thing, Charlie, since being back home, what helps you to remember God on a regular basis? Well, everything, especially my family, because he put me in the right family for me, <laughs> and just awesome. That's awesome. Why don't we give Charlie a hand? Thank you, Charlie. And then Elliot, Elliot, why don't you come on up, dude? Charlie, you can pass it off, the baton. Too bad we don't have a squishy. That would have been great. Next year. Elliot, so you're, you're going to be an eighth grader, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. What school do you go to? Gemtigard Middle School. Gemtigard. And this was, um, was this your third camp, second camp? Second, uh, like. Second here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. So um, what was your favorite moment with your cabin at camp this year? I would just say, like, it was really fun to connect with everyone and how, like, everyone was really, they were just great people to be around and it was really fun with them. And your cabin, like, took it hard, too. There was, like, people dropping like flies. We had hospital visits. We had, like, <laughs> yes. We had, it was the last day people were like, who is this going to get passed to next? But thankfully, everyone stayed healthy the rest of the time. Um, but you guys got closer through that. That was pretty awesome. So how was this camp experience different from past camps that you've gone to? Well, I've, that's never happened to me. Like, people haven't, three, there hasn't ever been three people that have left the camp. Yeah. It, that is that, pretty that, different. That scared me because I was like, 
Am I going to get hurt next, or what's going to happen? <laughs> so how, like, with that, with that, like, happening, how did that, like, make you either trust God or wrestle with God as you saw people leaving? Like, what, how did that encourage you those last two days or, or uh, uh, strengthen you the last two days? I was like, am, am I going to get hurt, or is one of the other people in or Kevin going to get hurt? Is one of the leaders going to get hurt? Right. Drawing so straws. I was like, should I trust or should I, should I just like be afraid or yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was cool to see you guys like really come together in that and pray for the guys that got hurt and have to trust as you mm-hmm. still did some things together and ended the week well. That was pretty cool. So what stood out to you about the book of Acts during the messages at night? Well, something that stood out to me was when, like, uh, they ha- they were at the temple. I forgot who it was. You're good. John, oh, I think. Uh, yes, when they were preaching, Peter and John? Yeah. Yeah, like, they saw the lame beggar who was paralyzed. Yeah. And they said these magical <laughs> Jesus words. Yeah. And then he was just... Like, he wasn't he paralyzed was he, Yeah, anymore. he was healed, right. Yeah. So that's a story where the beggar's, like, asking for money, and he's paralyzed, but Peter's like, we don't have money to give you, but yeah. what we do have, we give freely. And so, in the name of Jesus, like, he stands and walks again. What stood out to you about that? It was just, like, really cool how he had those people that, like, John and Peter, how he, like, gave them power to heal people. yeah. And I was just like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that Jesus would still, even after he's gone physically by his spirit, like still he shows that he still has just the same power as when he walked on the earth. And now he's using people to to help bring that about and be a picture of his his power here on earth. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So last one, dude. What's one way you've seen your faith grow during your time in middle school? Well, so I used to get really mad over lots of things, and I'm not going to give any examples because I don't want to embarrass myself. But yeah, so, I don't want to be embarrassed either. Yeah, so I used to get mad all the time over anything that just shouldn't get me mad. And over, like, t- time in <laughs> middle school during youth group, I've just, like, grown, and that's, like, gone away and I ha- and I don't get mad at stupid things like what I used to anymore. Yeah, I bet no one else here struggles with that. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So that's cool, man. That's awesome that that God would just give you more peace and more more trusting just when things go wrong or whatnot like ah, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. not as big of a deal. Awesome. Thanks, Elliot. Why don't we give Elliot a hand? And then Parker and Caden are tag-teaming this one, so they'll somehow have to pass the mic back and forth. So, Caden, you going into freshman year, high school, Parker, junior year? What the heck? That's not allowed. That's crazy. So, um, both of you have been to ETV a couple times. Your first time as a camper, though, Caden. Um, So what was unique, and I think there was lots of things, but what was unique about your guys' tent group this year at ETV? this was my second year, and so the last year at ETV, or my small group last year was 
everybody knew each other and stuff, and we were familiar from youth group, and so it was easy to talk in small groups and the things like that, just because everyone knew each other and there wasn't like no, needing to meet anybody or know anybody or learn about other people more, even though we did. But this year it was nice because it was unique because we had someone who had stopped going to youth group a few years ago, I think, and so and then had just. Uh, returned for the camp and so n some people didn't know them and it was just weird because some it was weird just because we hadn't really seen him in a while but it was nice because we still got to know him more and it was still nice and then we also had someone who was from Texas who didn't know anyone from our youth group and didn't know what they were getting into and whether our youth group small group <laughs> was going to be good or annoying or anything like that and then we also had someone from France who didn't speak completely fluent English and didn't know what church camp was going to be like or how Americans were going to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Do we ever know? <laughs> what would you add, Caden? Um, I've basically that's okay. I've basically the same answer, but like, yeah, like I don't understand how Ryan and Gus could do it coming from one a whole different country and only knowing Parker, and then Ryan who came to church one time and knew none of us at all. And then just hopped right into it, and yeah, he, they, they were both crazy, and then, yeah, doing that. Yeah, and it was it was awesome because at the end of the week, it was like one of the closer guy cabins I've seen in a while too, and and it felt like Ryan and Gus and all all of you had just been together for so long because of how you guys enjoyed each other so much. So, what were your favorite memories as a group? Um, one of my favorite memories was when we went rafting down rapids and stuff when we were going we would start singing random songs like <laughs> we sang the national anthem uh, we had we had Gus sing the French person sing the French national anthem as we <laughs> went along with the beat we sang random rhymes and random stuff and it was just it was fun to see how some people who us, even me like I normally wouldn't do that don't comfortable singing out loud like that and but it was fun how since everyone we were so close as a small group how people would still do that and it was fun That's awesome. I also enjoyed rafting the most because a few people in our group didn't originally want to do it but then me and Nils tried to logic them into doing that like what's the worst that could happen <laughs> but but then we brought them to Matt and Matt just said bro time and then we we just got to hang out on the raft all day long singing Repeat After Me songs, National Anthem, um, and yeah, we just got to hang out all day. When, when in doubt, just bro time always wins out for any argument. Um, so after the lessons, you guys would get time together in your groups to talk about, um, to talk about that message and, or talk about the worship or talk about the day. And um, how did small groups help you guys out personally this year with the guys that were in your groups? I mean, just in the lessons, after the lessons, it would help me, like, if I didn't, if something didn't stick out to me, someone else would bring it up, and i think of, like, wow, I didn't really think of that. But even apart from the lesson, people would bring up their own questions that weren't even affiliated yeah. with the lesson and stuff, and just bring up new stuff, and we'd just be continuously talking about things, and it was nice to just be able to talk about stuff and see new perspectives on things. Um, someone would always have a different perspective on the lesson than me, and that was cool to see. And also, like, People have different problems than you do, Dif different stuff in their life that they need to get through and then, then you do just, and you don't think about that that much and it was just cool to think about that and see what people are going through and stuff. 
Yeah, that and going through the book of Philippians too, like such a book on having a different perspective, having a perspective that's changed because of Jesus too, and that you guys got to experience that from Ryan coming in from Texas, Gus coming in from France, and then just even together, just all your different thoughts about who God is and where you're at with him. So um, last one, who's one person from your group you want to give a shout out to and why? You get one each. I'd like to give a shout out to Gus from France because <laughs> because he's from France and he just didn't he didn't <laughs> that's all well, he, like, he, he had he had no clue what church camp was going to be at all I think like, yeah. the other people that came at least kind of knew what it was like going to be kind of like with the games and stuff and he just he didn't know what we were going to do or how it was going to go or anything like that vive la France <laughs> I have to say two people, Gus and Ryan, because they both kind of had the same exact background, like not same exact, but bi they didn't France, know Texas. anyone. Yeah, 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 same thing. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and <laughs> they both hardly knew anyone, yet they became like a core part of our small group. We it was a pretty tight group, and yeah, they just had we all had a great time with them, and yeah, awesome. Let's give these guys a hand and invite Kat to come on up. So Kat, you are going to be a senior. Yes. And was this your second time, third time, ETV? Uh, second, second time. Second time. Yeah. So Kat, where were you at with God coming into ETV this year? Um, I was like pretty disconnected because I had a lot of stuff going on. Like I was just like leaving my junior year. It's a big, it was a rough year for me. But like I just feel disconnected and then like, yeah, so just like in a different spot yeah, than you've been, been in the past, before. totally, yeah. yeah. So then, what were some of your takeaways from ETV this year? Um, definitely, um, I learned more about God, and I really liked the message that was presented in, like, throughout the week. And just meeting new people and like making new friends and everything was really a good takeaway that I got from ETV. Awesome. And then what's been different about your walk with Jesus since you've been home this year? Well, I definitely feel, like, connected, and I want to, like, actually, like, live for Jesus and not just, like, think about him and say, oh, just going through the motions, you know? Like, yeah. I actually feel like I want to, like, try and, like, actually, like, like feel connected more, which I do. Yeah, so and you were saying great. that, like, right when you got home, like, you were just like, I just want to start reading my Bible and, like, yeah. listening to worship music <laughs> more. Yeah, <laughs> and that that was, like, when faith became real for you yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah, too. Not sure. at camp, but the day after mm -hmm. at home when you were like, I yeah. want to walk this thing out. That's yeah, so that's awesome. Crazy. Yeah, that's great. And then what's um, one characteristic of God that you just love and appreciate right now? Um, definitely, like, positivity, because mm -hmm. I've always been like not a positive person I mean sometimes I can but like in a lot of situations I just look at the negatives but then when I got home like I just started thinking in a different way like I just thought like if I'm going through something hard there's always going to be like a positive thing coming out of it no matter what yeah. so I can just look at that and like even it's even if it's hard in the moment I could still like look to better times and like be hopeful yeah, it's good that God doesn't waste our circumstances yeah. or waste hurt when we go through it, that he actually, actually wants to bring good out of yeah. all of those things. Awesome. Thanks, Kat. Let's give Kat a hand. And then last, uh, we are going to hear from Hope. Hope was one of our counselors at both camps this year, and Hope's just um, going to share a little bit uh, with us about her experience. 
and the band can come up as well. Hi, um, my name's Hope, um, and like Matt said, I got a really awesome opportunity to get a council both at um, ETV and ETM this year. Um, and I'm gonna reiterate really quick just a little bit of what Matt said. Um, there's really like not a great way to describe camp to you fully. It's really something like you're a part of a new experience. Can we actually see if you've ever been a student or a staff at one of the camps that Harvest participates? Can you just raise your hand? It's pretty cool to like look around this room and there's a lot of faces today that I got to be a student with at camp um, and how special that is. Um, and so uh, as like a student, everything's fun and it's magical and you go rafting at ETV and you play all these games and you sing songs. Um, and it's a really, I think magical is the word that I always walked away from, um, like feeling my camp experience was, um, just this like little week out of the year. Um, and then you get a little older and you start to, to recognize um, really like where we're going for these camps. The, the things we're doing, they're cool, but there's nothing special about them. Like ETV is a, a dusty field um, in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's not something you're, your like dream vacation is. Um, but you start to realize like, oh, the thing about camp, like the reason we're all here is because of the Lord. Um, and, and we always talk um, with students at camp of like it's, and Matt said it today, like the same God at camp is, God is the same at camp as he is at home. Um, and we come home with that. And, and camp is about environment. It's about creating a space that we get to, to live out um, and share the gospel with students. And we get to encourage each other as staff. Um, and so at ETM, we went through Acts. Um, and Acts uh, 2 through 24 um, reads, um, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For um, I'm going to stop there, actually. Um, but just getting to, to see this um, with middle schoolers and then tying it into, like, he is our hope, he is our salvation, and this invitation that is placed before them to get to step into that. Um, and my favorite part of camp um, is always that community, as Matt said, these churches come together, and, and we're not, you know, there's not Harvest and, and Gateway and Laurelwood and Beth and all these churches, but we get to be one living as the body of Christ. Um, and, and worshiping him and serving him together. Um, and it's a really special thing, and you get to do that during the games and when you eat meals and during the activities. Um, and I think that Acts 2, 42 through 47 is like the best picture we can give of campus to live as the body of Christ in that way um, and presenting those invitations. And so for me this year, um, I got to counsel at both camps, um, and I really wasn't supposed to be here. Uh, I just graduated from college in San Diego, where I've spent the past four years, um, and had plans to move uh, to LA with some friends. And during the week, just really felt that that invitation um, to step back into a community um, and serve and love the Lord um, here. So I'm really excited to to get to be doing that and joining youth staff. Um, and to kind of put out an invitation today as we talk about what it looks, what for us it was at camp to, 
to live out as the body of Christ. Um, as we play these games, even if it's something you're like, I'd never do that in my life, um, or I've never gone down a slip inside, like, invite you to step into that and eat food with people you don't know and to, to play games and to run around as a kid. Because um, it's really something special and fun to get to do as we worship the Lord as a church, as his body in that way. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you.